0: Hey guys, welcome into the Bear With Us podcast. I'm Jack. He is Frank. Frank, uh, season's over. That was fast. That feels weird, doesn't it? That there's, uh, I mean, you know, they, they, you get the you get the USFL ads going through the Super Bowl, and I I got to be honest <laughs> with you, Frank, I I could not care less.
1: Oh really? Oh, dude, I'm I'm. I'm not even just fucking around. I'm really excited for the USFL. It's there's something about the game of football that isn't like other sports. I can watch lower level football and be just as entertained as the NFL. I don't know what it is. But I don't watch no college football. Right? No, that co- co- college is a little bit different. It's because there's too many teams. If they if they okay. if it was like 32 college teams, I would absolutely you start getting into like fucking you know here goes the number one ranked Florida Gators <laughs> versus north carolina state A&M University. i'm like okay now you lost me but you give me you give me just you know 15 20 30 teams i'm all in um i'm excited okay. about
0: it okay all right I I, I I cannot i cannot agree with you on that but um, yeah i mean it, it it's weird that the season is over but like you and i were talking about in the last episode of the podcast um i mean i i i couldn't be more excited the season to be over because now we can get mm. to the real shit. We can talk about our team again. We haven't <laughs> been able to talk about our team uh in, in about what a month now? Like like literally about the actual team itself. And I- I'm just excited. Um there's a couple of news things that, that we wanted to get to. Um first real quick I just wanted to reel off uh the coaches that were hired after the Super Bowl Frank and then uh Frank and I will talk a little bit a little bears news as well and then we'll kind of give our thoughts on on the Super Bowl and then uh, uh an owner decided to speak his mouth about the uh, the Bears and uh it's it's just absolutely incredible. So we'll get to that towards the end of the podcast. So stick around for that. Uh but first uh Arizona Cardinals hired Jonathan Gannon and uh the Colts hired uh the offensive coordinator from the Philadelphia Eagles uh, Steichen. So um Frank the Eagles man losing two of their two of their coordinators right after a Super Bowl loss that's that's gotta hurt, right?
1: Um I you know what, Jackie, I used to think that that like, oh man, you know, there goes there goes what they have built. but I truly do and and, and that like, I had sort of finality with that thought because I started having these thoughts a couple years ago where as soon as everyone wanted the next Sean McVay, do you remember that? Like, well, hot, hot young coordinator here, here he goes here, 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 you know, here's the next Sean McVay. I legitimately do think when people are getting hired, like when Nick Sirianni was interviewing, they were asking when you win a Super Bowl with us, what is your plan? When, when your OC gets hired? Like I, I legitimately, and I, I, you know, that's a random hypothetical, but I'm just saying like, I think teams and, and coaches and GMs are preparing for this to happen. Um, to, to a point where I don't think it's going to hurt teams nearly as much. As a matter of fact, I think, like, it only helps the total NFL product that, like, successful organizations are churning out more coaches that have similar philosophies, and you're going to see, you know, continued parity throughout the league. Them specifically, you know, we will see, but I know people, for whatever reason, all of a sudden turned on Nick Sirianni. I fucking love that guy. I think he's great for that city. I think he's great for that team. I think, yeah. you know, he's prepared for this, and I don't see them skipping a beat because – They have Jalen fucking Hurts, and they have a lot of weapons and they have a, you know, they have a little work to do in the secondary, but, you know, they know how to build in the trenches. So I I don't forecast that being any sort of a short term issue for them.
0: There was a there was kind of a weird uh, there's kind of a weird little statistic uh, or a little factoid going out that I saw. uh, And it was basically all five coaches hired in this coaching cycle uh, were at some point part of the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, where Frank Reich was an O.C. there, obviously, Shane Steichen, O.C., Jonathan Gannon, D.C., D'Amico Ryans played for them, and then uh, Sean Payton was, like, their quarterback's coach in, like, the 90s. So just kind of funny. Um, Frank, I I, I don't – you know, we, we don't normally touch on this stuff all that often, and I, I'm not necessarily, like, super – you know, I, I guess I can't really speak to it. So I, I'm curious your thoughts – one out of the five coaches that were hired to be a head coach this year uh, was black. The rest were, were white. Um, I mean, do you feel like, again, there, there's really anything the NFL can do to sort of promote that type of stuff? I know, you know, a lot of uh, there was a lot of minority coaches in the runnings for a lot of jobs. That seems to be the case almost every single year. Uh, Eric Biennami, again didn't get a head coaching job, but I I'm, I'm just not sure at this point what to really say about it. Other than the fact that it just seems to sort of continue to be the common, the common theme.
1: Well, as a black man, myself, Jack, um, <laughs> no, so I'm um, not
0: you... <laughs> just give me your Italian perspective, Frankie.
1: Oh Jesus. If I had Italian in my blood, you'd really, it'd be a 50, 50 response here, Jack. Uh, no, but you know, in, in all seriousness, I think, um, <clears throat> What I the 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 head coaching thing is is a thing. Um, You know, we've seen what seems like more white coaches get hired than black coaches on a yearly basis. Um, I don't know quite outside of just saying like, hey, these owners are racist and they're old white guys. We we get there's (laughs) that there can be that component to this. But what I'm saying is beyond that, we don't know exactly why certain black or Latino black coaches aren't being hired. The one thing that I do see around the league though, where I, I, and maybe this is me just feeling optimistic today, um, is there's a lot more minority coordinators in today's league than there were when we were younger. And to me, while it may be frustrating to some in the now that like, hey, only one of the five openings has been black or a minority. um, I think that is going to, that, that trend will continue to change now that there's more equity within the coaching tree if that makes sense. So what I don't want to do is isolate it year by year and like put it so under a microscope. But I want to be able to look in like 10 years, 15 years, 20 years and like we don't even think about that anymore cuz like the best guys yeah. are getting the job, the numbers look right, it feels right and we're there. Um I the, the one name that I do want to touch on though, I I don't I don't know how race related it is with Eric Bieniemy because this is like the fourth time he's been, a year-wise, he's... And I know there's rumors that he does an interview well, and I don't know what it could possibly be, but I think the biggest thing in the room is I don't think anyone knows what he brings to the Chiefs. because like I And I say that because look the reason that Matt Nagy got hired was for a false reason. And, like, I don't think Biennium in any different of a situation than Matt Nagy was. Like, what I want for Biennium is to go be an OC and call plays for a year or two elsewhere to, to show that you know what you're doing, but, like, Andy Reid is damn near too good at his job.
0: <laughs> like, yeah, you know, yeah. and and there were reports that Eric Bieniemy was in talks to be the, the to go to the Washington Commanders to be their offensive coordinator. Obviously, you know, uh, Ron Rivera is a defensive guy, so. Um, it would basically be his show, so that that kind of matches up with what you're talking about. That'd be a great opportunity to go there, you know. I, and again, it, it, the thing that's strangest to me, Frank, and 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 again, I don't know if Matt Nagy is necessarily why Eric Bieniemy isn't getting a chance. I, I can't argue if that was the reason, but like Andy Reid, like almost every time in the playoffs, yep. or just seemingly, you know, when they ha- they they win a big game or or this or that, he always mentions Eric Bieniemy. So it's interesting to me that around the league, that doesn't hold more weight for some team to just sort of take a chance on it, on him. Yeah. I agree with you. I don't necessarily know if it's like a, well, you know, if it has anything to do with him being a like a black coach, I think it's really just he might just not give off the, the feel that he's right for the job. And because he hasn't really proved himself, you know, outside of – being the offensive coordinator under Andy Reid, and and really who has had a ton of success out of that coaching tree. It's not really a, a tree that provides a ton of success outside of Doug Peterson. Like that's really, you know, the the claim to fame there. So I agree with you. I I, I don't think it's it's a black coach thing for Eric Bieniemy. I'm just curious. Like it, it's just interesting that teams choose to go with like retreads. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I I like Frank Reich in Indianapolis. I think he did a good job. I I just don't really get the fit with him in Carolina. It it just doesn't really seem to fit for me. Uh, We'll see if it works out. I don't
1: think there is a fit for Carolina, to be quite honest with (laughs) you. You're not
0: wrong. You're not wrong. You're not wrong.
1: That is a strange ownership group and a strange uh, situation. Um, But, yeah, I I think – that, that that is my that is my goal for B. Enemy. I want him to get away, uh, r- right or wrong. I, this is pure speculation on my part. I want him to get away from Kansas City um, and really prove. Because I'm not saying he's he would be a good or a bad head coach. I, I just for me, remember when we were looking before we hired. Uh, I say we like we were part of the fucking search when the Bears were searching for and, and they hired Matt Eberflus. B. Enemy was one well, I was like, dude, I that's not well, I'm too scorned by Matt Nagy. It had nothing to right. do with skin color at all, but like. We just got the same guy or or, or why we didn't want from this. Yeah. That was very true. Um, yeah. So I hope he can break that. If that is what the situation is, that he can sort of break that mold and, um, you know, prove that he, that he can like break away from Andy Reid and have success.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. Um, and uh, Frank, there was a couple other things that I, I wanted to touch on, um, just because we didn't get to last week. I think uh, the awards like happened uh, after we did our podcast, so I did want to touch on those a little bit. Um, I, we didn't give any per- final predictions, which we, we probably should have, uh, just to clarify at the very end, because I kind of forgot about the awards. If I'm, <laughs> if I'm being totally honest with you. I sort of did too, yeah. Um, but we'll we'll go from we'll go from uh, from bottom to top the, of the list I'm looking for here. Uh, Brian Dable, coach of the year, right or wrong? Do you, do you agree? No, do you it, it was
1: right. Jack, do you remember I said if it was my choice, it would be Brian Dable, but I think Sirianni was going to win it just because he had the best record uh, in the NFC. But the guy that I touted got it, so I'm all for it.
0: Yeah, I think I, th- I I was more just surprised about the number of votes that it was, Sirianni got. It was like one or something like that. What, man, but didn't Dable
1: low. win? Dable won by a pretty sound margin, no? Like, it wasn't even he, close.
0: He did. He did. So it was uh, 16 votes for Brian Dable, 12 for Kyle Shanahan, 7 for Sean McDermott, which surprised me because Nick Sirianni huh. got 6. Uh, Doug Peterson got five, which I think is that's that's, deserved, yeah. that's fair. It's about right. Uh, Andy Andy, Andy Reid only got two. Uh, Dan Campbell got one, and then Kevin O'Connell got one as well. Which you know, I, that's I, I can't I can't really argue with any of them getting votes, which is great. I, I think everybody in there deserved votes at the very least. Sean McDermott probably would be a little bit lower uh, on on my list, uh, given just how talented that team should have been and, and sort of yeah. what their goals should be. Or any, they're not like a fun story anymore. Like, they're an established team in the NFL. Like, they should be aiming for – I I don't really get that one. That, that one doesn't make sense to me. I, I'm not going to lie, Frank. I, you know, I, I know you thought Dable should win – I think he should have gotten votes. I don't know about Coach of the Year though. Like, yeah, they, they, they had their little run. They had a they had a good run. He took a a team that really was not all that good and, and got them into the playoffs. Like that's that's great. But like, man, Nick Sirianni did things ah, man, it's it's hard for me not to I, I, I wouldn't have been mad if Shanahan had won it, honestly, with with the quarterback issues that he had this year. I yeah. mean it's well, that, I, it's an impressive job that they did. I I don't I, I don't disagree, but but I I would have gone a different direction than Dave.
1: I, I would have been okay. Th- those were the two for me that I thought. So for Sirianni to be that far behind, that's a little that was a little strange. But
0: a little strange. A little yeah, those strange. are my those are um, my two guys. Geno Smith, one comeback player of the year. Ch- change either add mm-hmm. most improved player or just change the name. Of it because how is he a comeback player? What's he coming back from? What did he come He's back from? He's coming back from Comment.
1: a from a bad season. Who uh, who else who else played. was on the list? Did, did we get a list for that one?
0: Uh let me uh let me take a look. I
1: don't even think there's uh, anyone
0: who else who else would you while I'm looking, who who would you uh, uh that's what I'm
1: saying? Say. I don't even know. Who who else was someone hurt last year that had a solid year? Someone was out of the league last year that had a solid year. I don't even know. Who the fuck do you put on that?
0: Tom Brady. Because he retired, and then he came back.
1: Well, yeah, I guess a technically. Month later. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I No, I, I think Gino had a better year than him, though. Y- yeah, I mean, I, I don't know who you would really argue Yeah, with. no, I don't know. So,
1: yeah, great fucking choice. Well,
0: phenomenal. It, yeah, <laughs> I guess so. See, that's why I, I'd be okay if it was most improved, right? Because S- then I have zero yeah. arguments.
1: But, it. in okay, if Gino Smith... Lost his quarterback battle to Drew Lock, and Drew Lock just like stunk it up like he would have for seventeen games. Who would have won this award,
0: <laughs> dude? I, I I I don't I don't know because like you can maybe look at teams that like traded for for players like like Matt Ryan. Like if Matt Ryan had had a great year, you know, you could maybe make that. Argument. No, but uh, no, I'm
1: not saying hypothetically. There are people who could have been set up for it. Who would have won it if Geno Smith didn't have the year he had? I don't even think there's a Dis, like, a, a distant second.
0: <laughs> um, Justin Fields. Because he came back from Maybe, having Matt Nagy Or do you give it to, coach. like,
1: Michael Thomas for having two really good games after missing two years? Like, Dude. who who is even in this discussion? Dude, like, I, that, I, I, the, the, okay, so the reason why I'm asking that, though, is I feel like this award is inherently, like, Whoever comes back from the biggest fucking injury last year and just suits up for a game is going to get it. More more times than not. It's never Gino having a good year after having a bad year.
0: So, okay. So so I guess I guess this list makes sense. Um I actually, you know what? I I kind of I kind of like this. Um there are a couple names on here that I think work. So you had Gino 28 votes by far the most. Okay. Double the most from the second, Christian McCaffrey with 12 Saquon Barkley at four. That would probably be a good answer. Saquon. Um, I just
1: so okay, wait, pause right there. I okay. have a hard time even doing that because running backs get hurt every fucking year.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um Brandon Graham, had two, Nick Gates. I don't I don't know Dude, who that is. Head wait two.
1: I hate I know we're doing the award thing right now. I'm glad I'm glad you brought up Brandon Graham. Did you see that piece on Brandon Graham? Before the Super Bowl, about no. him. Oh, dude! Holy right. shit! It's about it, Did man. I tear up? Listen, he. I. I, I want to sum up the story, but he. Um, Brandon Graham supports in some capacity. I forget how it was all set up, but um, this uh man who has a Down syndrome, and the man's a little bit older. I want to say he's in his thirties, forties. He's older than Brandon Graham, so Brandon Graham says that he's his little brother. Uh, he's God. a little brother of the man with Down syndrome. And it was this whole piece about how we supported him. Um, and, and the, I, I hate that I'm calling him the man with Down syndrome. I don't remember his name, but he had to have a uh, surgery of some kind and he was like very down and everything. And like the parents like quite literally credited Brandon Graham with saving their son's life because they were like, he didn't want to get out of bed. He didn't care for like any sort of aftercare or surgery. Or, like he was just so down and Brandon Graham would call him, FaceTime him and like, <clears throat> supported him and like did the whole thing and like brandon graham you know was sort of going doing the story and then, like having little interviews and brandon graham was like i'm just doing what any little brother would do like i'm supporting my big brother and like it was so dope because he was the 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 man was recovered um fully from whatever surgery that it was and uh in the preseason he, he brandon graham and Flew him out and like invited him, and he was like, "I'm gonna see you at the Super Bowl, Brandon. I'm gonna see you at the Super Bowl, little brother." And he's like, "All right, when we make it there, we got you." And then turns out they got the the guy tickets to to fly him out there with Brandon Graham. Um, and he kept up with the author. It was an awesome story, dude. It was so good. It was one of those. It's one of those like few things that ESPN still does well with those like covered. They have yeah. like a, a few of the um um journalists that do those types of pieces. Oh, it was so wonderfully done. It came on like two hours before the Super Bowl. I just happened to turn on ESPN, and it was right at the beginning of it. It was phenomenal.
0: Good. Well, that's that's all. I I I, I hope that those stories get promoted a little bit more because I did not see that, but that's that's a great story. I almost now wish that Brandon Graham had won the award. But again. I know.
1: Well, it made me it. I didn't have a dog in the race, even though we'll get to the games and everything, but, like, it really made me root for at least Brandon Graham to have a big game. As I saw that, I was like, that dude has a fan in me for for life now. Like, I love Brandon Graham. Just to see his attitude and the way he did that, and, like, because he didn't have to do that. And, and like, he just... Not only did he, like, you know, take the call to action, but he went above and beyond to, like, really support someone who was in need. Um, Yeah, I mean, it, it was awesome, dude. It was great.
0: Uh, yeah. Um... They're, they're uh, going back to the award stuff. There really wasn't a, a close second, duh, honestly. Yeah. So, um, yeah. you know, I guess Geno makes sense. Um, defensive and offensive rookie of the year, both Jets, which I, I don't remember the last time that happened. Where a team of two. It's absolutely insane. Um, the defensive rookie of the year voting was really funny because it was uh, 46 votes for Sauce Gardner. Three for Aiden Hutchinson, and then one for Tariq Woolen from the uh, from the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, and then the offensive rookie of the year was interesting because Kenneth Walker, uh, the running back for the Seahawks, actually finished with more first place votes than Garrett Wilson did, but he had more second and third place votes. I think uh, by a good by a good amount. So uh, it was Garrett Wilson, Kenneth Walker, Brock Purdy, which is fucking insane that he finished third. Huh. That's um, interesting. And then. Chris Olave, the Saints wide receiver, finished fourth. So, two Jets win that. Um, I mean, I can't really argue. I, yeah, I,
1: one. I don't think you could argue that one. I think, um, I don't know, Pur- Purdy. I struggle with because he only started five games, right, in the regular season.
0: I think it was six. Six
1: games. Um, six but I seven, mean, he, he performed. Like he performed well enough. But I, that's a good fucking debate between Ken Walker and uh and Garrett Wilson. I think oh, Olave, I think, Olave being like third or fourth feels right to me. He, he, he th- yeah. that whole offense sort of fell off a cliff late. Um, but I defense that, yeah, That's not even Sauce Gardner is already a top five corner in the league. That dude's phenomenal.
0: And you hear the way people talk about him already. It's, it's yeah, he's also a, he's also a really me. cool guy.
1: He Twitch streams yeah. and he's like a really personable dude. Like he's hops on like Warzone and stuff.
0: He's, he seems pretty fun. I hope. That that stays the case as his career moves forward and doesn't you know go down a lot of the the holes that some of those people we thought were cool you know and you know like Juju wearing a kill to the Super Bowl and but is it, the kill, Which, I mean he made it work he made it work I'm not gonna I lie. didn't lie. mind the kill I, I liked it I, I didn't mind it. the kill uh, Frank this one might surprise you a little bit here uh, for the defensive player of the year uh, the winner was Nick Bosa with mm-hmm. 46 votes the second. Was Hassan Reddick, who you and I had seen enough of in that Bears-Eagles game, uh, Keenan Williams got one. Chris Jones got one. Here's the surprise, though: Micah Parsons got zero. He did not yeah. get a single first-place vote. That was surprising to me.
1: Yeah, I, I'm I'm surprised, but I'm not shocked. If that makes sense, that that Cowboy, he, he he's so good, he should have gotten at least a few votes. But that Cowboys defense really fell off a cliff. I mean, we the thing about the when we were talking about them in like week three or four. Versus like week twelve, they yeah. became Swiss cheese, man. I, 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 and even like his production sort of fell off. And I know people act like, oh, we take the full year into consideration. Brock Purdy proves that you don't. He played six games and he was a third place. Like the end of the year will always matter when when the the stakes are there still and playoffs are and seating is at stake. Like that's always going to weigh in more on voters and things, and that that yeah. makes sense. Um, even though I I still think he's good enough to, you know. Get get, get one. If Chris Jones Wilson. got one, no disrespect to Michael. Chris
0: Jones, he's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. Micah Parsons should should have got one at least. Uh, but offensive... can, can,
1: can I can I say really quick though? Absolutely. Is um, Micah cannot get his Tucker Carlson uh, interview based on that because Bosa is the one who won the whole thing. So
0: yeah, yeah. There's... But you know he's he stole that spot. They, he could book them together. They could both hang out on Tucker Carl- Carlson.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I wonder what the angle would be, though. You can't say that he's, that M- Micah got canceled, you know?
0: That's a good point. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Uh, Offensive player of the year uh, was Justin Jefferson with 35 votes. Pat Mahomes, 10. Jalen Hurts, 3. Josh Allen, 1. Tyreek Hill, 1. Um, not exactly surprised about Justin Jefferson. Um, what I am disappointed in is the fact that Justin Fields did not at least get a first place vote. He should have got at least one. Come on.
1: Yeah, well, he, he got it. Didn't he get an MVP vote?
0: Uh, going to that, uh, let me take a look if I, can. I think it's back the other way. Hold on. Give me one second. Uh, the MVP was, uh, of course, Patrick Mahomes. not, not at all uh, shocking there. Uh, I think he deserved, I, it's my only problem with him winning is it's like the LeBron argument, right? It's like, a, like, or, or Mike Trout, right? Like they should win realistically every single year based off your definition of most valuable. Yeah. Um, but, but Patrick Mahomes I mean come on like he absolutely deserved it no doubt it, at all 48 first place votes Jalen Hurts got one and Josh Allen got one I don't know if Justin Fields got one I thought he did
1: I thought I saw yeah I saw that somewhere unless it was some misinformation that came across Elon's Twitter
0: maybe <laughs> maybe maybe. <laughs> maybe it was uh Maybe it was um, like a second place vote or something. I'm gonna. I'm gonna I, pop, I saw uh, something. I don't remember the specifics, but I was
1: surprised that he got a vote um, there and not the Offensive Player of the Year. Not that he should have um, won. it. I'm just saying, like, if there was a vote, it probably should have been Offensive Player of the Year.
0: Yeah, Joe Burrow was fourth, and Justin Jefferson was fifth. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if he got a vote. I don't. I don't see any like specific numbers. I'm. I don't doubt you. I'm. I'm sure. No.
1: I. I. I, yeah. I yeah. Maybe I misunderstood a tweet. I don't know. I could have swore I saw. That he got one vote. I don't know what place it was or whatever,
0: but I, I thought I saw that. <clears throat> he still should have won uh, offense Player of the Year. Absolutely, in my opinion. Won it? Um, yeah, won it. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: I don't know, because Jackie. Frank.
0: Frank, come on, man. He broke a rushing record. He was. He broke a record. He should be up there.
1: Well, did he broke the record? He broke the single season record twice in
0: the year. Did he? Did he break his own record he, in the year? Yeah, he he was he was the be- he, he was the best play he was the best player on the field every single week, just about. That's interesting. can you argue that? I mean, you know, you think about like guys like Tyreek Hill, like like when they played the Dolphins. I mean, Justin had better game than he did. Justin Great had a phenomenal game against the Dolphins, but but every week in and week out, he was the he was the most dangerous player. Okay, mo- like mo- the most dangerous most I can dangerous? concede
1: best. Okay. I don't know if we're there yet, but yeah, i, I okay. that's, that's a fair statement.
0: And then uh, the last thing I wanted to touch on is the Hall of Fame stuff. Obviously, uh, Devin Hester not making the Hall of Fame. The class, Darrell Rivas, Joe Thomas, DeMarcus Ware, Zach Thomas, Rondé Barber, and then a couple other guys I don't care about, honestly. Um, the 10 people that didn't make it, Hester. Andre Johnson, Reggie Wayne, Tory Holt, Patrick Willis, Dwight Freeney, Jared Allen, Willie Anderson, Derrick Woodson, and Albert Lewis. I don't know who either of those guys are, but whatever. Uh, no problem with Darrell Revis, right? No problem with Joe Thomas. DeMarcus Ware over Dwight Freeney and Jared Allen. I don't know if I agree with that one.
1: Ware over Allen. I can see Freeney, I cannot. I, I would
0: I would flip I would flip them. And then not a single one of those wide receivers, huh? Andre Johnson, Reggie do, Wayne, was Holt, tr- Come on, is, is
1: it, This wasn't Dre's first year, was it? On the ballot, or was it?
0: Uh, I don't know. Uh, well, regardless, retire? I'll just add five years to that. Hold on. Yeah, continue while I Yeah,
1: re- regardless, he's, I-, I will die on the hill of him being a top three receiver from his era. Dre was a dog. He needs to get in. There's no way I, he doesn't get in. I, I, I'm I, putting him in over... Um, who was it? To, to, Tory Holt? Who was the other one that you... Reggie Wayne. And Reggie Wayne. I, I think I'm putting him in before I put them in.
0: Interesting. I obviously have a biased perspective um, on, on Reggie Wayne. I think Reggie Wayne is a better player um, with than, than Andre Johnson was. Andre Johnson had some just fantastic seasons, but overall, I think... Uh, let's see. So he finished in 2016...
1: So it's been eight years. So
0: this has been, no, five. This, this would be his first year of eligibility, I think. But if
1: he retired in 2016, 2016,
0: isn't that seven? no, no, they go no, five. It's five years after.
1: Yeah. Five years would have been 2021.
0: No. Yep, yeah, You're right. You can do math better than I can. So this would be a second year at the very least. I don't yeah. know if it's like, if I don't know.
1: Like right. The timeline. Maybe, of, right, 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 sure, right. Um, sure.
0: So, so probably his, second. God, that's wild, really.
1: Well, then, but then, yeah, Holt, Holt, and Wayne. This can't be their first or second. They retired. No, no, no. Before,
0: Reggie, Reggie Wayne is. This is definitely his second. Okay, huh, That's strange. Yeah, I mean, I, I know Zach Thomas has been waiting a while. Rondé I Barber. I don't,
1: I don't get think why Zach Thomas is a
0: Hall of Famer. Can't we just get the people in who deserve to be in? Like, I don't understand why it has to be, like, a specific number every single year. I hate yeah, that.
1: Yeah, well, I, I think that does add to the, exclus- uh, the exclusivity of things, but I, I, I kind of agree with Dion's take on it. They are kind of letting some, like, there needs to be an upper room already. Right? I mean, cause, like, Nate, they, who, they who are some of the guys? N- they
0: can N- kick a certain Packers quarterback out. Make no, no, no. But wait, 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 wait.
1: Name name the top the top two that you said made it. In, n- name or three. Who, who, what was the list again?
0: Revis, Joe Thomas, Demarcus Ware. Are we putting Zach Demarcus? Thomas.
1: Okay. Are we putting Demarcus? Are we putting Demarcus Ware in this? We're putting him in the same Hall of Fame as uh, LT. Apparently. But that, so you get what I'm saying. Like I I get what Dion's saying with that. Like okay, let's say Demarcus Ware is a Hall of Famer. If he's a Hall of Famer, Lawrence Taylor is a God, like, we're, we're, let, let's just make the God of Fame. Like, just to, like that doesn't make sense.
0: I agree. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you. I don't you know think what I mean? Marcus Ware but should have gotten before. Listen, before Dwight Freeney.
1: This conversation, the only the only part of this cover we're we're too, in too fucking deep. Devin Hester is a goddamn Hall of Famer, Jack. Yeah. There's no yeah. excuse against it. Hall of Famers are saying it. People who played against him are saying it. <laughs> he changed the fucking game. He took a whole. I, I mean. I've never seen punt so many punts be kicked out of bounds because you were terrified of Devin Hester, which sort of shows how bad our offense was because we'd start at the sixty and or the the the, the fifty and still fucking punt. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> regardless.
0: I'm, 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 I, I, but see, this is the thing that bothers me. It's like because he's a punt returner, that's held against him for some reason. But like. It's an important part of the game. And not only that, he's literally the best one that's ever done it. If you're going to put any punt returner in, it's him. It's him. I I don't understand. We watched it, and it's not like he was just doing it randomly, too. Like, he literally did it in the Super Bowl. It was the first play of the game. It was years. I mean. That's the most iconic. That is one of the most iconic moments in Super Bowl history. Like, let's be very clear. And he did it. And, I mean, it was just unbelievable, Devin Hester, what he was able to... And and like you said, people knew it, and they still kicked to him. And they paid for it almost every single time. I know. How is he not a Hall of Famer? I, I don't get I that. I mean, you, dude, do you
1: not remember press conferences? Do you not remember coaches explicitly saying, like, they cussed out their kicker or punter when they fucked up and did not kick the ball out of the back of the end zone or out of bounds? Like, there, there's literal... Interviews of coaches saying we the all week we told our punter you don't kick it i don't give a fuck if you punt it 20 yards you do not punt the ball to Devin Hester and they fucking punted the ball to Devin Hester and he took it to the house like there, there there's like a level of um pe- you know people can and the stats are there too though special teams wise punt wise kid we're talking about th- those are there but even take that away those types of things matter when you tell the story of someone their case For football, it's sort of, I I liken it to like, I've worked in the nonprofit world pretty much my whole professional career. And I can get very annoyed sometimes with, you know, everyone wants proof of everything. Like, oh, what are the SEL skills that are taught? Like, are kids improving? And it's like, sure, we can do that, but I also can't jot down like the time that a kid told me that like this sport saved his life. He would have been on the streets without it. How do I quantify that? You know what I mean? Like, and that's how I feel with, with like Hester. Like, t- take away what you can quantify with punt returns and averages. Look at the way people talk about him. And it's like Michael Jordan-esque how terrified they were of this guy. And that's not a hyperbole. Look, find interviews. And if you can't vote for that, you are out of your fucking mind. That's crazy. These are peers. These are coaches that have no reason to speak this highly of him. But they were petrified of him. They had to. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I remember uh, Peyton Manning talking about it. He was like, all week we talked about how we, how we absolutely weren't going to kick it. And I'm sitting on the bench, and all of a sudden we kicked it to him, and I'm looking, I'm like, what the fucker, what was that? Yeah, uh, no, he, he absolutely like should be should be in the Hall of Fame. Like, and, and again, what you said is absolutely correct, but even throwing in the quantitative stuff, right. 14 career punt return touchdowns most all time, 20 career total return touchdowns most all time. Anytime you have a most all time, I'm sorry, that should be your your Hall of Famer. Your Hall of Famer, you have to be. You absolutely have to be.
1: Well, you know who who is the most. The most interceptions of all time.
0: I think it's just going to take a little time. Who 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 is the most interceptions of all time? Your boy, who you wanted to
1: kick out of the Hall of Fame.
0: Yeah, yeah, he should be out. He should be out. Let's let's be him 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 suing people because he doesn't like. About what they're saying, like get the, get the fuck out. Of here. <laughs> he makes the he makes the current Packers quarterback look like a normal dude.
1: Yeah, I mean, the more that Aaron Rodgers talks, he's just a fucking he's a modern day hippie, is what he is. That, that that's what hippies did in the seventies. They didn't believe in. I feel like he's
0: trying to be though. I feel oh, like it's maybe more like yeah, he's just trying to be trying a to little too guy. hard. Like, it, I mean, thank God, you know, it's almost Friday. We'll finally have his decision. I'm sure. Sure it's gonna come out right at Friday, right? As he enters his little darkness retreat. He's gonna see the sun and he's gonna and he's gonna hear God's voice tell him. <laughs> exactly Sign with the Jets. <laughs> <in football. laughs> no no no, it'll be that commercial. He'll see that commercial. He gets us or he understands us or whatever it is. That's Aaron, the first thing he's gonna
1: <laughs> Sign with the Jets.
0: Oh, that's good. That's good stuff. Oh, that's 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 a little TikTok highlight waiting to happen. right there. <laughs> right there. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Well, you better hurry up because Derek Carr is—he's—he's uh, he's trying to make his move. But, anyways, Frank, let's let's get let's let's talk a little bit about the Super Bowl because it was a it was a damn good game. It was about everything I I hoped it would be. Uh, a lot of points. A lot of fun. Uh, two really good quarterbacks going at it. Two injured quarterbacks too. Um, yep. The offensive lines were really good. Um, the I, I overall, I thought the the refereeing was pretty solid. A couple hiccups here or there. Um, the ending of the game, I know it was a little controversial, but in my opinion, I mean, I thought it was a hold, absolutely. And then you have uh, you have uh, players saying it was a hold too. I mean, you can't really argue that, right? Well, what do you think about this the game overall? Did you enjoy it? Did you have a good Super Bowl Sunday?
1: I share all of your sentiments except for the last portion, but let's let's get to the whole little, little bit later. I want to tell you a story, Jack. Because no. the, the grass was fucking horrible. That, that's unacceptable for a Super Bowl Were we
0: watching a Bears game? That's what Were it felt like.
1: If, if Robbie Gold was watching that game, he had he was getting like flashbacks. Like he has to have PTSD from a slippery. Uh, a slippery playing surface. But, um, you know, after the game hits, you know, game's over with. Phenomenal game. Again, just like you said, great quarterback play. Um, I think the only other game that comes to mind where two quarterbacks played on each other's level in the Super Bowl was Nick Foles and Tom Brady from a few years. I mean, that's what it felt like. Just two guys lighting it the fuck up. Um, Game is over with thing. I'm writing my notes. What do I want to say? What do I want to remember about the Super Bowl for our episode? And first thing I thought it was the grass is horrible, right? I'm like, man, that sucks. <laughs> then the Bears tweet. What they tweeted? My wife told me they, they tweeted something like, "It's our turn now" or something like that, like saying, you know, like we're we're on the clock, basically. And I was like, "Ha ha! Fuck yeah!" You know, going in the offseason, that's going to be us next year. Just Fields is going to have a fucking offensive line. We're going to get that boy some weapons. We're ready to go. Oh, boy, it's our time now. Fucking bozos playing on grass, slipping around like on a goddamn ice rink. <laughs> Literally, as I'm celebrating this hypothetical, you send me a tweet. This is the same grass that the Chicago Bears play on. Bermuda 55 or whatever it's called. No, it's like, God damn it, man. We can't have anything fucking nice here in the city of Chicago. Um, no, but it was... It was really funny, uh, sort of that that being in succession. I'm embellishing a little bit, of course, but um listen, I, I think Don't
0: admit that. Don't admit that. Just you... yeah, it happened exactly the way you yeah, said it happened.
1: Exactly the way I said it. Um the, the thing that I love, Jack, both teams were just themselves this game. The Eagles didn't stop being aggressive going forward on fourth, running forward on third and like medium or long, knowing they were going forward on fourth. They went forward a couple of times, stayed aggressive throughout the game. The Chiefs just continue. I thought the Chiefs made more adjustments in the second half, but they were still, that was their DNA. That was their identity of what they did. I think they leaned more on the run, even when they were down very well in that second half. Um, But then you just saw Jalen Hurts Playing to his strength, you saw Pat just do what only Pat can do. That was such a good game, man. And, and like th- that to me is like that's why it's so important. When when, when I thought about you when, when as I was writing these notes, um, because your whole thing was like, what's going to happen when we're really competing? Are you going to continue to be this conservative with play calling or with punting? And like, look at the teams that are here right now. They're not playing that the days of that are gone the days of punting on fourth and one even though I uh, Andy Reid went for a field goal when I thought they should have win for it so I granted yeah. it was like a 40 something yarder so if he makes it you're probably not we're not having this discussion but yeah I mean it was it was an awesome game dude I I, I don't have anything from too much of an at like I wasn't analyzing it like crazy um the one place where I thought the Eagles went wrong is they I think their DC needed to recognize that they weren't getting pressure off a of four-man rush. And he didn't. I don't recall any blitzes being, being drawn up. And I, I, I like, I get you want to stick to who you are and what you do, but I think the grass played a huge role and like teams say. not getting pressure because what we, but what we saw is the Chiefs started really sending blitz that fourth quarter. Jalen Hurts was under a lot of fucking pressure, and that was not just four guys rushing in. They were sending corners. They had a couple safety blitzes. They had a couple linebacker blitzes. Like they were bringing the heat. Granted, the book on Jalen Hurts has been like. Blitz is, you know, he he's not great against the blitz, but they saved it for when it mattered. And I thought if the Eagles had done the same thing, we might be talking about a different, different, you know, outcome here.
0: Yeah, I was I was gonna say when you when you were touching on, uh, you know, most both teams played like themselves. I I, I agree all about ninety percent until you get to the slipping stuff because I think it really, yeah, really hurt that Eagles pass rush because we didn't see anything like we had been seeing all the rest throughout the playoffs and i think it's such a shame that it's even a conversation like the fact that that happened on the nfl's biggest stage in the biggest game and the game that mattered the most and we're talking about grass potentially neutralizing one of the (laughs) eagles strong suits i hate that i I think that sucks um but yeah like you said i i loved the shots that were being taken like it's just it's everything i've wanted and i you know I'm so glad the Bears do not have a statue pocket passer, a, a traditional guy that will beat you from the pocket. Because, Frank, bookmark this game. This is this is the beginning of the end for the traditional pocket passer. Um, there will always be a place for it in the game. However, like, this is the future. This is what every team is going to want to have, a quarterback that can move, that can you know, when, when guys are covered downfield and they run plays deep and it's third and six, they're going to want their quarterback to be able to recognize that and make the move to get those extra six yards yep. or tight rope walk, like fucking Jalen Hurts did to get a first down on second and 10, like just the mobility and, and fucking Patrick Mahomes was hurt. He was fucking struggling with that ankle. And yet he still looked like one of the most athletic yeah. players on the field. Like it, it was, it was incredible stuff. Um, I, I I think the the you know the the Chiefs wide receivers I think did hurt them a little bit, but God damn, did it not matter. Andy Reid's play calling to get Kadarius Toney open on that short touchdown throw. Oh my god, it was it was it was orgasmic. Let's be honest, there was it was an orgasmic yeah. way to watch football, and it's just God. Give me a game like that every single year, as opposed to the fucking twelve to six shit. From, the, I, oh, couldn't yeah. stand it. But
1: Great you know game. what though, Jack? That was such a, I, I know the final score doesn't show it, but those defenses both swarmed and they hit hard. There was so many times, I mean, especially like in the first half, the Chiefs were swarming and getting huge hits on uh, on the Eagles. And then I, I look back and think of like the play by uh, the, not Shrapp, what is the other Kelsey brother where he just pancakes Jason. a corner? Jason. Jason. I'm like, man, like, the hits in that game, clean, nothing dirty, but just big hits. Oh, it, it was great! It was beautiful football to there watch. There was the,
0: the one at the beginning of the game, the one on yes. the sideline with uh, seed yes. and, uh, and and Devonta Smith.
1: Yeah, it was great. And, I mean, just great. they were they they came to play. I will say though, Jack, because you brought up um some two two things that I I was sort of upset. That, and, and granted, it's a lot of it's Twitter, so who knows? It's people trolling or whatever. But um, it there were like other former athletes and and even I want to say one of them was active. I forgot who exactly they were, but they were saying like Patrick Mahomes is faking his his ankle the limp. Like can he can he stop with the fake limp? And I'm like, "Are you serious? Like you're a professional athlete knowing he got diagnosed with a high ankle sprain and you think he's just faking it for theatrics?" That's insane to me.
0: Yeah. And and that doesn't really seem to be Patrick Mahomes, like I, I I that's not like in his character. Well, that thing, was the other at least thing. As far as we know.
1: That was the other thing. Like know. he comes across as very genuine to me. There's nothing that comes across as like I'm like here to like you know play things up. He's never come across that way to me. But the second thing, which I think is an overarching thing, you're starting to see, to your point, this is the modern quarterback. Like pocket passing will always be a thing from quarterbacks, but you want your quarterback to be able to extend plays, to be able to to, to run on third downs and, and you know, add an elements that maybe past quarterbacks could not when we were growing up. But we're like, we're starting to, well, I was starting to see people use this game as confirmation that like, oh, we'll see, like, you still can't run too much. Look at look at Jalen, he lost, that's why you did And I'm like, Jalen has put up 35. Granted, he, I know he gave up seven of his own. I, I know that, but if his defense gets a stop, or two, and they win that game, what, like, he did, they did what they had to do on offense. There's, there's still two sides of the ball here. And it was just such you, a weird thing, like, a weird confirmation bias for people to be like, see, we told you Jalen couldn't, do, where, where did Jalen come up short? You, to my next point. You could point,
0: argue, you could argue, Frank, you could argue Jalen hurts play Patrick Mahomes. Because oh. the Chiefs, the Chiefs, the Chiefs did score a touchdown off a defensive play, and granted that was Jalen Hurts fumbling the football. Let's not get it twisted there. there were, I, I don't well, know. Well, then the big J- the
1: big return by Tony as well
0: helps set them. No, I. I helps them I wouldn't say
1: I, I wouldn't say he out. I, they felt very even to me, just, just given what they had to deal with from the Which help That on they had
0: own is absolutely insane. Fucking crazy.
1: Insane. But then you know what else really bothered me. I know people were trolling, but it was still annoying. Cause there's nothing to eat. Like there's nothing there. Oh, noodle arm hurts. Couldn't get it to, to the end zone. Did you not see him slip on the, it, it? Literally right when he threw it, I like screamed and it, you know, it didn't really matter. But I was like, it, it took the, uh it was like anticlimactic. Cause I knew he wasn't getting into the end zone. Cause I literally saw him slip in real time. And I, I like screamed. My wife was next to me and my kid was, and I was like, he fucking slipped. <laughs> like it was so obvious that he slipped when he threw the ball.
0: Did you? Did you? Did also? Did you not see the bomb that he threw to AJ Brown for the touchdown?
1: S- Jackie, speaking of this, is my only other note that I have. I have never fucking seen. First of all, people said that was a bad ball by Hertz. That was a beautifully thrown ball by Hertz. But I think the reason people made it thought that that it was more AJ Brown than anything. Because A.J. Brown did something I've never fucking seen in my life. He faked out a defender when the ball was already in the air to fuck up the defender's ability to track the ball. Did you see what A.J. did? He went inside first, made the, made the corner, jumped that, and then he went around him to catch the ball. If A.J. just goes the direct route to the ball that was a perfectly thrown ball, it would have been more of like a, a, a you know go up and get it type of thing. That was a phenomenal play by A.J. Brown. That was insane.
0: It, it, it goes to our point... When we're talking about how important it is for J- for Justin Fields to have true weapons, it's right there. That's proof in the pudding, man. That's Jalen Hurts threw the ball to a spot. He said, "I'm going to throw it here, and I'm I know AJ Brown is going to be able to get the football." Yeah, I just know yep. because yep. he's that fucking good. We saw it all year, man, with every other quarterback, top quarterback who has these types of weapons where they can just throw the fuck to a. Just throwing the ball to a spot. It doesn't yeah. matter if it hits him in the hands because he knows Tyreek Hill is going to be able to make that play. It was it was absolutely incredible. I was so happy to see. And and Frank, I'm going to be honest with you. Jalen Hurts has become one of my favorite players in the league right now. He's like really the way good. he, the way he played <laughs> in his first Super Bowl, his first like, playoff run, I thought he was fantastic. And like I said, Four total touchdowns, man. Like he was doing it all. He was doing yep. everything. Yep. And the way that he talked about the loss afterwards, it wasn't, you know. And, and I'm not. I, I'm just using this as an example because it's the first one that popped to mind. Is you know how Cam Newton was after uh, talking about, uh, you know, when the Panthers lost, and you know he's talking about the loss, and Denver is right up behind him or on the other side or however they had that set up, and it was it was really hard to listen to Cam Newton talk because you could tell how upset he was. But just like the respect that Jalen Hurts seemed to have for the game itself, and really just not letting it get him down, like he was like, you know, can he? It, it, this is a learn. He he. And and I know you wanted to talk. I don't want to steal your thunder, and I'll let you explain in more detail. He reminded me, just personality wise, so much of Justin Fields, like how Justin talked about after every every loss this year, just kind of the hope that he like you're frustrated as a fan, but like, he's able to give you something back. Like he's able to explain it's going to be okay. You know, we, we can, we can, we can choose to learn from this. So a uh, big Jalen hurts fan. I thought he was absolutely fantastic. in in his first Agreed. Super Bowl, I, th- I you know, it could have gone, it could have gone bored. It could have, but I, I thought he played really, really well.
1: I, I, I totally agree. I, so the last thing that I had, um, was the call at the end. Um, I had a problem with it for a multitude of reasons. With the caveat being, I do think it was a bit of a hold. But just like I told you, the one thing that I always hearken back to, the attitude that I have when it comes to these big games, unless you like bear hug, literally impede, or hit super early like that Saints uh, game from a few years ago in the playoffs, you got to let the boys play. That wasn't nearly enough for me as a ref to to call that there. Um, was it technically a hold? Yes, but I, the, the one thing that always stands out was the first Patriots um, Super Bowl. They knew that they, they weren't as good as a team as the Rams. They flat out, they were like, look, we got to do everything we have to. We're going to make the refs take this game in control and we know that they're not because this is the fucking Super Bowl and the corners got super physical. Granted, rules then were a little bit more lenient in, in general to, to physicality between corners and receivers, but I like that. And that to me was not egregious enough in that moment. If you call that in the first quarter and you set that tone, fair. Fair play. You, you can't. Uh, unless Bradbury absolutely tackles him in his route, you don't call that. But not, not only from that standpoint, I don't, even if he doesn't tug his jersey a little bit, I don't think that was a catchable ball. I don't think he makes that play. I can't prove it because the ball was still in play. It wasn't thrown out of bounds. It just looked like it was way overthrown to me. Um and the ultimate thing, what it comes down to, is it just made the ending so anticlimactic. Like, it, it took yeah. the steam out of what was such a phenomenal game otherwise. Because the 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 arguments that is, well, they would have kicked the field goal anyway. First of all, the grass sucked. He missed the field goal early in the game because there's no there's no footing. It's not a sure thing, but even if he makes that, there was like a minute and 20 or whatever with one timeout for the Eagles, you're depriving Hurts of a chance to put a stamp on this performance or the chiefs to put a stamp on, you know, the, to make one last stamp. Like it just sucked all of that, you know, nervousness out of it. It was just like, Oh, like this is it. It's going to end like this. And I, I felt the same exact way last year on that call. Granted, I think it was a phantom call last year with the Bengals when, when the, the uh, linebacker held Cooper cup. Um, I thought that was just a flat out bad call. Well, I think this yeah. one is the correct one. Um, that's that's really my only angle. Is like it took out that like level of anxiety. Like you you know yeah. you have a, a good game when a fucking Bears fan who didn't give a shit about this game is. Ner- I was nervous, Jackie. I'm yeah. like, oh shit! Like here it comes. Like it's getting fourth down, and then the flag comes, and I'm like, damn it, that's the end of the game right there.
0: Um, I, I I agree with you there. I I, I <laughs> it was it was definitely the right call. Um, again, I I I do understand where you're coming from in terms of can you call? Because we've had these conversations numerous times on the podcast, like. When do you make these calls? Um, it's, you know, it's obviously under the microscope. I did think he, he did. Like it, it wasn't, it definitely was not the word. Like it wasn't, right. you know, uh, Hassan Redick pushing Patrick Mahomes to the ground and getting called. For, like, could you imagine if it was that? Like, could that's you imagine? Th- Jack, that's what I it thought was it
1: was. That? I thought, I thought it was a roughing the quarterback because it like the ball was so overthrown that I was like, surely this isn't like a, a hold.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I, I, it was a, but that's kind of always sort of been a little up in the air. I, I, I think they should sort. It, it's almost like to me, it's like uh, double dribbling in the NBA. Like, when do you call it? It, it happens. You see it, but like, it's not always called. Whereas, like, the uncatchable ball, like. How many times were we watching the fucking Bears game this year where a guy would it'd would be eighteen feet over his head and they'd be like, Yep, that's pass interference. It's like yeah. <laughs> he wasn't gonna catch that though. Like when does well, that is come it, into play?
1: Isn't that why they distinguish between the hold and the pass interference?
0: Yeah, yeah to give it a little bit of, of a because it doesn't matter how far
1: away it's thrown, like you held him on his route. Yeah. yeah, but
0: but but I agree with you there. I, I do agree that it did kind of take the wind out of the sails because you're you're right. You're like gearing up. You're like, all right, Eagles got two minutes to work this out. They got an you know. They got a timeout. Um, you know, I, I it's, it, you know, it's a little bit longer field goal. We'll see if they can, you know, they they got plenty of time. Let's see what happens. But then you know that happens, and you're like looking at the clock, and then you're looking at the timeouts, and you're like, oh, oh, the game's over. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was yeah. pretty much it. Um, um, but, but, but still, uh, a great game. Just, oh, a, just agreed. Phenomenal. Um, a-
1: a- awesome game. Um, and I think really, Jack, right, the, the last thing, and you sort of brought it up that one of the points that I wanted to to to, to make, uh, you know, I was watching that game and I, I don't think, you know, it, the NFL is a copycat league. They like to, you know, sort of measure up and there's measuring stick games and whatnot. I don't think anyone's ever going to be this iteration of the Chiefs. They just are who they are. Like, Pat is just, he brings something to the table that you can't replicate. He just has this it factor about him that I don't think is going to be, you know, duplicated uh, in this era anyway. <clears throat> um, so I'm looking at both teams, and, and my always angle is, how far away are we from being them? And I'm watching Jalen Hurts play.
0: The Eagles, you mean, when you say that?
1: I I, I just mean any good team. I, I just okay. mean any good okay. team, generally speaking. Okay. And that's why I that's why I said the Chiefs, I don't think that that their that product that they bring to the table is like Steph yeah. Curry shooting threes. You could try it, but you're gonna be Trey you're gonna be Trey Young, right? You're never gonna be Steph. Um But then single it in to, to the Eagles, I'm like I'm watching Jalen play. There wasn't a goddamn play that he made that I'm like my quarterback can't make that play. And that's so, sort of the way I look at Pat, I'm like, I don't know if anyone else but Pat can make some of these plays. That's why I'm like that's just like <laughs> alien level shit. If we ever make it to the Super Bowl against them, let's just hope he makes a couple bad throws. You know what I mean? Like that that's crazy what what he's able to do. Um and it it weirdly enough, like gave me just hope because it's like their play style is so similar. Granted, I think right now at this moment, Jalen is a more consistent passer and and Fields is a better runner. But you see this like clear path to build around someone with a very, very similar skill set to Justin Fields. Um yeah, man, and I I don't think the I I think it starts in the trenches though, just from a team building perspective. The, the the progressive the the progression of Justin Fields is always going to be predominantly on Justin Fields. Good coaching in game and in plays and playbooks will always be helpful, but we saw a quarterback be in the NFL as a starter for four years in Chicago that did make that made zero progression. That that's on you at that point. And we've already seen this level from him. So I, I have faith that he will continue to go. But then I look at what can the rest of the team be. I don't think an A.J. Brown is out there this offseason, unfortunately. And I don't think, we, I don't think we, we're in that position to do that. But I'm sitting here thinking, like, you get two pass rushers, three pass rushers. That shores up, you know, shores up the defensive line. I think that, that makes a secondary really shine. You get an offensive line around him that's able to protect, like Jalen Hurts. I don't see why... And I'm not saying wins losses. I don't. I'm not saying Justin Fields will go 16 and one and, and make it to the Super Bowl. I'm just saying like the product visually. I don't see us building very differently than the Eagles did.
0: Yeah. Uh, there's there's two big spots that they. I mean, three really. Because um, you know you look at the weapons that Jalen Hurts has, right? The Bears yep. aren't close to having. You know, uh, uh, Devonta Smith, much less A.J. Brown. Uh, like, Darno Mooney would be a very – like, think of Darno Mooney in the Eagles offense, where he'd be. He'd be the fourth option because he'd be behind Goddard still. And and Cole Komet isn't even Dallas Goddard level. Like, I, I, I would put Dallas Goddard as, like, what, maybe the third, fourth best tight end in the league right now? Probably, uh, yeah. Cole Komet he had a very good season, a much better season than I anticipated in having um but still not like you know taking over the league is one of the best and maybe that maybe that happens right maybe it does but there are too many times where I'm like god damn this guy is so slow what the fuck um but you know so offensive line I agree with you you know we'll see what they do at running back because there's going to be options there's going to be options to be had um I don't know exactly how much better uh, like someone outside of Saquon Barkley will make that running back room. Like wide receiver though, they 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 gotta figure out they gotta figure out something. And and whether that's trading back to the nines, to the tens, and drafting a wide receiver there, they they have to do something. And signing Juju Smith Schuster is not or Jacoby Myers isn't gonna cut it. It's just not gonna cut but you it. you know so um yeah, and just, just to your point, like, yes, there is a clear blueprint for how the Bears should build around Justin Field. Offensive line, yep. defensive line, draft, 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 whatever. Sign a bunch of guys, great. But you still need those top that top-end talent to really push things to the next level. And the Bears, I, I don't see the avenue for that to happen this specific offseason. And maybe something crazy fucking happens, I don't know. But that's something that you know the blueprint i don't know how much of it can be copied outside of the offensive line and defensive line which i think is still very important for them to build yeah
1: but i also i, I totally agree with everything you just said i look to the other side of the field and what also gives me hope is that there's not killers in that wide receiver room. Kelsey adds a whole totally different dynamic that we don't have. And we probably never will. He's in my opinion, the greatest tight end of all time. Um, But you're seeing the way Andy Reid is scheming up to get sky more (laughs) wide open on plays. And like, I I, I'm watching, I'm watching what both offenses are doing. And I've sort of taken notes throughout the postseason. Like when we get to these episodes of like, what do we want to see from this Bears offense next year? How, what do we want to see from Luke Getze? And just a quick spoiler alert: I don't eat. Like some of these aren't crazy drops. It's just pre-snap motions that we don't do at all, or like rarely do. And it's like little things like that that I'd like to see the evolution of this offense take off. Because again, outside of Kelsey, is like is a healthy Mooney, Claypool, and. Whoever, I mean, we'll, we'll get maybe like a Jacoby Myers or whoever like third. Is it that different from Sky Moore, Juju, and K- Kadarius is no. never healthy? But you know what I mean, like this talent no. wise, Please. like you're you're seeing that scheme and elevated quarterback play that we need Justin to take another step or two, obviously. But
0: <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, clear, clearly not right. Clearly that that the bear that that wide receiver group, you could argue mm-hmm. the Bears wide receiver group might actually be better than what the Chiefs had to work with in the Super Bowl. However. You you have then banking on Luke Getzi being a transcendent play caller, right? Or, 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 or at the very least, a great play caller, one of the best in the league, right? And I don't think that's something we saw last year. And, and granted, a lot of that, right, is personnel. Right at the end of the year, he had nothing to work with in that wide receiver room for, throughout the, throughout the most of the year. He had Simba Simba Webster
1: doesn't year. do it for you.
0: He doesn't. He does not. Uh, <laughs> Amir Smith Marset. You know, he's not exactly getting it done. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but what I will say is we had more of a question. And, and granted, Andy Reid was not Andy Reid first year out of the game, right? He wasn't one of the best play callers of all time. That that That's not the case. So maybe that can still happen for Luke Getzey, but you know, I, there, there's still a ton of question marks in regards to how far away this team is from from the... I, I say there's going to be at least two years, right? This year, I think, should be a marginal improvement. Um, it's a weak division that they play in. I, honestly, like, the, the top... The teams ahead of them all have question marks going into next year. Um, and, you know, they, I, I, I could see them... You know, depending on what they do, because right now I don't see them being much better than what they were last year. It depends on what they add, um, you know, who they draft, things like that. I expect them to to improve marginally. Um, yep. I still think it's going to take a couple of years after that, because you just this is not the, the free agent, the best free agent class. It's not even the best draft class, really things that we've heard from college scouts. You know, about this draft class, it's really top-heavy, it sounds like. So how much are you really going to be able to build in this specific draft? You know, yeah. it, it's like, questions like that.
1: I, I think it's about raising the floor versus elevating the ceiling. I, sure. There's just no, no depth at all. Um, last thing for me, and then I know we want to wrap up with Ursa and everything quickly. This is why my philosophy of if you have a young quarterback that you know or think is your guy— sneaking into the playoffs will never be a bad thing. And that, that's going to apply to next year too. If we sneak in with seven or eight wins, Jalen Hurts got the fucking door knocked off of him. They got their asses kicked last year against the Bucs and they did it by exploiting his weaknesses. He didn't know how to handle blitz. He didn't know how to handle pressure. Look at what he did this year. He took that and he learned from it and he got even better. Like to to me, Had he not, had he had, had the Eagles gone, you know, six wins, seven wins, they, they don't make the playoffs. Then you're talking Jalen, maybe not, you know, won't be the guy, but until you have that moment, that bright lights moment that you can compare from granted, I I hope as soon as Justin makes it, let's go win a Super Bowl, right? Like that's always going to be the better scenario here. But like, realistically speaking, if that, if the the flip side of this scenario is that we sneak in, we get the fucking shit kicked out of us by the 49ers, that's going to show me the following gear. Can Justin learn from this? Did, did he realize where the weaknesses that they picked on in the playoffs to you know for that to happen? And like clearly Jalen Hurts learned from that and he almost won a Super Bowl because of it.
0: I agree. And and I think that's a lot of things that Justin Fields is going to be able to I I hope Justin Fields watched that Super Bowl. I know he was in Arizona this week. Um you know, doing radio row and things like that. I hope that he takes this, you know, he really paid attention to things J- Jalen Hurts had done and maybe even talked with him a little bit um, just to kind of pick his brain. And I hope, you know, I, I'm looking forward to seeing who Justin Fields is hanging out with this summer because, you know, those are always uh, a big deal, who they throw with, who they're, uh, you know, who, it's all we heard last year, him and Darnell Mooney, him and Darnell Mooney. Uh, Jack, and, you know, you know. The, I,
1: Vela Jones bought a fucking drugs machine. I swear to God, if I hear anything else about Darnell Mooney and Bella Jones and their fucking jugs machines and broadcasts and articles. I am going to, f- I don't know what I'm going to do, Jack. I, I, I can't. And then this whole, uh, no, okay, I don't want to get down to it. Let's talk about Jim mercy. <laughs> let's talk about Jim mercy.
0: Yeah. Well, it's not the time to rent jim say there is one other thing we wanted to talk about in regards to the grass being brought up quick mention. The bears did finalize their purchase of the Arlington park property. Um, so they're, you know, they're looking how to pay for that. It sounds like uh, people like myself will be paying for the Bears' stadium because apparently the McCaskies can't foot the bill themselves, which I think is absolute nonsense. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens in regards to the Bears getting the stadium. I, I'd be surprised at this point if it doesn't happen. Um, and then uh, the last thing is <laughs> I fucking love Jim Ursay. Uh He was <laughs> – as my time as a Colts fan, I enjoyed him as an owner. This previous couple of years have, uh, you know, n- done nothing to take that away. He was a little goofy every now and then, but uh, he cared, right? And he, he still cares. I just don't think he's learned when to just stop talking. Stop talking for a minute. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, he's talking, you know, he's he's posted on his social media about how him and the Bears have been doing business for <laughs> 60 years. It's him at the Lincoln Park Zoo on a black band. Like, I don't. <laughs> I don't understand what's happening there, um, and uh, he's in a press conference with Shane Steichen. They're they're introducing him as the head coach, and a question was asked: "What you know? What, what's what's the plan draft wise?" And he's you know surprisingly he gave a pretty <laughs> long answer, talking about how uh, you know we may you know we may draft a quarterback, we might trade up, uh, and then Chris Ballard has to jump in and be like, "Well, you know, we might trade back," and and Jim Irsay's laughing, talking about. Well, you know, Chris likes his picks, ha, ha, ha. But, you know, hey, hey, that kid from Alabama looks pretty good. Frank, I could not believe that an owner of an NFL team before the draft is giving hints about what they might fucking do. And and you can say, no, 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 hold on. This is just games. You're going to look me in the eyes and tell me you think Jim Irsay is thinking 10 steps ahead? Listen, the man yeah, who that, that's the Jeff whole.
1: Saturday. That's the whole thing because people like a media guy. I'm like, oh, here go the smoke screens. He really wants Will Levis. You don't know Jim Ursay very well if you think that man is throwing smoke screens. My guy was coked out of his mind, excited that the head coaching search was over with, and is ready to give seven first round picks to the Chicago Bears.
0: I mean, yeah, that, and that's the thing as a Bears fan, you got to <laughs> love it. You sit, you're, you're sitting back, you're like, uh, keep talking, Jim, keep talking, because the, the, all he's doing is driving the price up. Because yep. Ryan Poles is going to be looking at that and being like, wow, they really like Bryce Young, huh? Hey, Jim, I know you really like Bryce Young. But listen, T- uh, Houston wants to trade up. They're offering you thir- three first-round picks. What are you going to offer to come and get your guy Bryce Young? I heard you talking about him. That's all that does. Yep. And, and, and come on, enough with the smoke and mirrors nonsense. There was a rumor that the Bears, that from Jason Locke and Fora, which, good joke, he's never been right about anything. It's a fucking I, the bozo. The GMs came away that – no, that's that's Ryan Poles planting that story himself, that Justin Fields will be traded. Like, no, come on. Like, teams are going to come and get that number one pick. It made me feel a little better that, that the Colts might actually be that team. Because yep. Jim Mersey wants, seemingly, wants Bryce Young.
1: And that, well, that's, that's what I told you. I would, like, everyone was, and I don't think this was you. I think you just presented the other side of the argument. It's like, oh, only the Panthers and the... Titans have, have inquired about, yeah, because they're set for next year. They don't, like, you know, like these other teams are waiting on. I mean, the rumor was that they wanted the, um, who were the, the Colts, I, I were in on, um, who they set, who, who they hired, the, the, the OC. Um, Shane Steichen. but then I also saw the enemy as well, which sounded like maybe was their backup plan if, uh, he did not take the job. How do you pronounce his name? Steichen. 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 Uh, if he did not, if he did Rankin, not take Steichen. that job. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, th- that was never, it's so early right now. I, I think, like, the earliest trade for a number one, with the number one pick was, uh, was it the, it, it was the, um, was the Jared Goff, did they trade up to get that, or, or, or am I confusing? No, they, um,
0: no, 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 they traded up, they traded back to, with Washington to get RG3, that's what I was thinking of. I think the yeah, Rams I, just I had can't, the number one pick. I, 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 forgot, I, I
1: forgot who it was, um, but it was like it, up while you're in, talking. it was in March. Like it, it's the like, things don't have like, especially with the Super Bowl. There, nothing can be official until what is it, March eighth? Anyway, like it's yeah. I, the, the Super
0: the, Bowl the, just ended. Like yeah, uh, it was from Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. That, so they traded with to the with Tennessee. To the Rams. The right. Rams traded up for Jared Goff. Yes. Uh, and I think it was like they gave up like the eighth pick or something like that. Something um, like that, yeah. Yeah, so some, some it was, I mean, I, it's not what I want. I, I don't want the eighth No, pick. I, I don't I want, want to fall out
1: of the pick. top four.
0: I want the <laughs> Well, especially because now the, the Cardinals hiring a defensive uh, head coach and Jonathan Gannon, they're they're going to want a pass rusher. So well, they have probably been draft one of those guys. I've
1: seen I've seen them get Will Anderson in mocks, and I've seen them get Jalen Carter in mocks. I, I it seems like the sentiment is that they're going defensive line.
0: But but kind of what we talked about. I know we're getting into mock draft stuff. So it's, you know what, I'm not even going to comment on that. We'll we'll save it for for the uh, couple of pods down the road because Frank and I do want to get into the debate a little bit of Jalen Carter versus. Uh, Versus Will Anderson because that's you know what we're going to be talking about the the Bears are on the clock right now so um you know we'll see what moves they make uh, I I just I just we had to comment on Jim Merced just being a lovable goof like he's just bless his heart he he's <laughs> because I love that guy he's, he I was watching it and every single time he was fucking opening his mouth to talk Chris Ballard Which is, just like, giving a look at him, like. Like, hey, can you fucking what are you doing? Like you need to calm down a little bit. He just gets he just gets so excited about football. I, I love it. Um so so we'll see if that's a potential trade partner for for the Bears. I'm hoping it is. Uh but this has been a, a really good season, Frank. I, I thought this season honestly was a lot better than last year. And that was obviously a big part of that was the Bears were actually watchable for the yep. most part this year um we hope to continue that and and I'm just so excited to see how they build this moving forward because I agree with you I think they can be the Eagles I think they can get to the Super Bowl with this quarterback uh we'll just have to see how they build it and uh if the coaches can do their part
1: totally agree Jackie I'm really excited I, I'm more so excited for the offseason topics that we're going to be able to touch on and a lot of the content we're going to be able to do um because like starting next week we're we're delving back into like that offseason creativity where. We're talking, you know, draft pick stuff. We're talking general prospect rankings for Dynasty and, and things. And maybe we'll get someone else in here for fantasy football going into the year. Like the off season, becomes a lot less plug and play for content creators um, and more like, you know, just creative. So I'm very excited
0: for it. Me too. And uh, we hope you guys are excited as well. We appreciated you guys listening all season long. We will continue going with the off season, get you ready for the Bears draft. Uh, trade, you know, off season, all that good stuff as well. So we appreciate you guys listening. Frank, talk to you next week, man. This has been the Bear With Us podcast.
1: Later, Jackie. Later, everybody. Everybody love everybody!